Going on, DGen Nation. Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the Masters. As usual, I am here with my favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, are you ready for this week? Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready, Kenny. And it looks like you're ready too. A fresh cut coming into the week. Love to see that. Lots of content. We're both pretty busy guys this week. It's going to be a fun one. Excited to get this one out a day early for you guys. Started off early. Before we get into it, of course, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by DraftKings. Have a very special offer involving a very special guy. You'll hear the offer later that we've got for this week. A pretty good promo from DraftKings. And then, of course, our friends at FantasyNational.com. Head on over to FantasyNational.com slash FGD. Get yourself 20% off any payment of your choice, whatever you want to sign up for. I suggest right now you sign up, get at least a month, get the Masters, get some of these bigger events upcoming, and go from there. But, Kenny... J.J. Spawn finally gets the job done, but that's not the excitement. I want to know how excited were you when Kuchar, who had a chance to track him down, went in the water because you hate Kuchar, so you had to love that, too, to go with it. Yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. That was nice. Uh, <laughs> I, I hit J.J. 110 to 1 on DraftKings. He was on one of my bets on the podcast last week. He was on my final betting card on Gup's Corner. Uh, always nice to hit a triple-digit uh, winner, uh, boost the bankroll so I can lose it all this week. Uh, at the Masters, uh, another you know, so it worked out well. I've actually hit three winners in the last ten weeks. Two of them have been live uh, with uh, Scheffler fifty to one and Waste Management List forty to one at Riv or the Genesis. One of those ones I'm trying to remember. Or Farmers maybe. Um, and then I hit Hideki earlier, so that's four winners so far this season. Halfway through the year, I think earlier in the year I said my goal was to get eight uh, for the season, so we're halfway there. Uh, as uh, you know, at the halfway point of the season. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I know you're trying to do that and tell me that story because I was a non-believer. So you're yeah. just, you're slowly rolling it out there that, Hey, I'm going to yeah. get you Tambo and I'm going to be right on this one. We'll see. Like you said, okay. I love the, the energy strong right now. It's a huge hit last week for you there with spawn. And then on top of it, like you said, halfway point and you're halfway there as well. So Half, you are, you are on pace. You're heating up. I am on pace. Uh, DraftKings wise, man, what a week. I, 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 you know, it would have been an exceptional week if I just didn't have Rory or Bryson. Uh, you know, I, I had so many strong lineups going into today. Uh, at one point I had a lineup with all five guys in the top five uh, and then Rory or Bryson. So, yeah, I, so it's uh, still winning week cash lineup crushed because uh, I had Woodland, uh, Mav and Kirk. Uh, and Neesmith missed the cut, but my other two guys are Spawn and Kucher. Uh, so I was in like the top 0.01%. I was in the top five, top 20 uh, in every double up that I was in. So a uh, really, really good week leading up to the week. Uh, but I mean, you know what? It, it, it's the Valspar. Who really cares? We won. Does it really matter? Not really. Let's talk about what we really need to talk about. And let's talk about the Masters. Um, before, or how about this? Before we get into... Uh, the listener league and all that good stuff. Why don't we uh, both tell the uh, audience where you can find us this week? Because we're on a bunch of shows. So we would like to go ahead and publicize that if you guys want to see us. So for me, I'm going to be on, of course, this show, Fancy Golf Generals. I'll be on the BetQL podcast uh, on Tuesday. Uh, I will be on the Preferred Lines podcast with uh, about a dozen other guys in the industry, including Pat Mayo, Jeff, Tambo, 
Bear Off. Uh, that'll be Tuesday night and Wednesday. I will be on E9. Tambo, why don't you tell them your schedule, which is going to be take the whole pod. So, I mean, yeah, oh, no, we'll get it out of the way now so we don't have to do it later. I, I love the call, Kenny. It's going to be a busy week. Already can catch the show over on this same channel, the Mayo Media Network, that myself. Pat Mayo and Ben Raza. We did the, the Millie Maker picks intro, basically. Uh, Pat and I will be back on Wednesday to do the live show chat, which is all the final thoughts. And we get to the bets later, too. I'll, I'll handle that now. Not too many as of this moment, because I, I missed all the great ones up front. The Scotty Scheffler big numbers, the Cam Smith big numbers, all of those ones I'm not on. So I don't want to just bet them right now at the numbers they're at. I'll probably get some boost. The board can shake up a little bit. We'll go from there. So that'll be on Wednesday. But Tomorrow, I have a strategy show over at Run Pure Sports. So we've got the promo code back, too. I'll drop that now. DGEN50, D-E-G-E-N-5-0, because we've got the strategy show at Run Pure Sports. On Wednesday night, I've got the Normal Strokes Gain show that I'm on with Big T and a couple of the others. So that'll be a fun show to check out there. And then I've got the Tuesday night with you. And then I'm also going to be – so that's the preferred lines when you mentioned the whole – group it's like uh, i think joe said it best it was like bonnaroo for for touts there's going to be a lot of guys out there getting together and and chatting together but it'll be fun right it's just everyone what we like to do and all getting on the same show one after the other kind of thing and some of us in groups like i think it's myself you and then bear off at the same time with those guys andy lack and joe so it's going to be a good show check that one out for sure and then i'm going to also be on the turn podcast with joe nicely uh, he had he was in the thread the tambos tidbits thread this week he had JJ Spawn, that was his guy, and he's going to have me on there, so I'm excited about that one as well. A lot of shows this week, Kenny, for sure. Yeah, uh, one more thing. Use promo code uh, Kenny to get a 30% discount at Gup's Corner. Uh, you can. My final uh, show of the week will be on the E9 podcast on Gup's Corner, uh, so that'll be, you know, this is just the first look uh, that we do here on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates, and then Wednesday will be, you know, all of our research, everything done. Uh, so if you want to check that out, you got to be a member of Gup's Corner. All right. So before we, once again, I was, so I was going to have, so this is story time with Kenny. All right. This is, we're going to do a little quick story time with Kenny here. Uh, I was planning on doing um, uh, a story about my experiences at a brothel in St. Martin uh, when I went there for vacation, but we're going to go ahead and, and save that one for like the OG listeners for like a, you know, a crappy event. Uh, you know, it just takes some filler time. So what we're going to do is that this, one about again, what was it going to uh, be about ball washing? I guess a little, a little, little bit of ball washing. If you haven't had your balls washed before by a hooker, you haven't fucking lived. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. So let's go ahead and um, we're going to do a classic story time with Kenny classic. Uh, I know we've had a lot of new listeners, uh, new viewers since we moved over to the Mayo media network who maybe have not heard this story. It has been the most popular uh, most talked about story time with Kenny uh, that we've ever had on the show. Uh, it is the butterfish story. All right, before uh, let me um, let me get the correct name for the butterfish because I always forget what it's what it's really called because on some menus the name is not butterfish; it's something else. And so you really need to uh, pay attention to that. <laughs> uh, also known as uh, what is it? Uh, I don't remember. It doesn't really say what the other name is so you guys just have to deal with butterfish all right so all right so the story begins i I, i've been uh i've been on a date two dates with this girl okay uh it was the third date uh, all right and so you know i was i knew i was gonna smash right so i you know i had the whole night special you know when you when you first uh you know get with a girl you know you really want to listen to her likes and what she says and pay attention and use that to your advantage to you know 
you know, pull the trigger. Uh, <laughs> and, and hopefully if you stay with her and, and it's a relationship, you do the same thing throughout the whole entire relationship. For me, that's a little bit tough. That's why I'm 41 years old and single uh, right now. But okay, so, so you know, she, we, we talked before. She grew up uh, in a naval base uh, on a harbor, on the water, uh, really liked seafood, um, you know, and stuff like that. So I took her to Baltimore, uh, to the harbor. Uh, we went to this dinner. We went to, I think it was called Roy's. It's a Hawaiian. Um, uh, she loved Hawaii. She, she, Hawaii was her favorite vacation destination. So we went to this place called Roy's. It's like a Hawaiian seafood type of restaurant. Really nice, really classy place. Okay. Right there on the harbor. Um, and so, you know, we get there and it's always good to, you know, have ladies think that, you know, you're always up for anything. You don't want to look like a, uh, you know, somebody who's just not game for stuff, you know, that you're, 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 you're sort of an extrovert, you know what I'm saying? So uh, I looked at the menu uh, and I'd never heard of this fish before. Uh, it was called, it was a special and the fish was called butterfish. Um, Escalar. And Escalar. That's, that's the other name. There you go. Uh, it was, and it, I think it was, I think it was called butterfish on the menu. So I was like, man, I've never tried butterfish. Uh, I talked to the uh, the waiter uh, and he explained to me and, you know, it's for the girl's sake. I was like, hey, I want, why don't I try it? Why don't we try something something new? Okay. Uh, so I eat the butterfish. Uh, it's delicious. You know, with the side accoutrements and everything that came with it. Really, really, really delicious piece of fish. I enjoyed it immensely. Very, very large piece of fish. And that was the problem. All right, so after dinner, you know, we take a walk around the harbor, you know, blah, 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 make out a little bit uh, uh, by the water. I know, you know, I'm in. I'm in like Flynn. It's going to happen. You know, I'm, we're, we're, I'm going to pound town. You know what I'm saying? All right, and so we go back to her place, right? And we're sitting on the couch, and, you know, we would Netflix, put on a movie, get nice and cozy, uh, and I'm about to make my move, and all of a sudden I realize. I'm sort of, she has like a, sort of like my, my, my casting couch here. It's like this type of material is the material that she has, but it's a white couch. And so I'm sitting there and I try to make a move and I just started sliding. Like, and I realized that like, like I'm sliding on the seat, like back and forth. And I'm like, what is going on? And it's like wet in my bottle area. And I was like, what the fuck? And I'm literally slipping and sliding uh, about to, about to, about to close the deal. And I'm literally just slipping and sliding on her couch. And I'm like, what is going on? And I realized that, like, I basically just shit my pants. Okay. I, my pants are shitted on, but I didn't feel myself shitting my pants, which is incredibly strange because usually when you shit your pants, you know, you shit your pants, right? It's like, ah, oh, like, like a little, you know, like I'm getting older. One thing I've noticed once I got to past 40, you know, instead of having a 99.999% success rate, when you're like a little bit worried when you're about to fart, like, is something going to pop off? Before 40, it was like 99.999%. I was good. Now it's like 98%. I'll be honest with you. And that's just what happens when you get older. You shit your pants more. Okay. But this is like, you know, five, six, I was, I was in my, what, about seven years ago. And so I, I have no idea what's going on. My butt is completely wet and I'm sliding all around. Don't know what's going on. And I realized, you know, I shit my pants in front of this girl that I'm, I'm trying to bone. So right there. And then I know for a fact, I am not going to work. So I, I have to hide it. 
So like, you know, I tell her like, I'm going to the bathroom, like I'm slipping and sliding. And like, I, I, and I, I like I, I, the way I walk, I walk. So she doesn't see my butt. My whole ass is just wet, just covered, covered in like green poop oil. It was disgusting. And, uh, and so I try and hide it and I just run out the door. Uh, before I run out the door, I look back at her sofa and there is just, 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 just big green oil shit stain just right in the middle of her sofa. And so I'm like, I'm done. I, I can, I can never even see this girl ever again for the rest of my life. Uh, so I walk out the door uh, and I leave and I, I basically, we've never talked again uh, because, you know, I shit on her fucking couch. Uh, so, you know, so I get to the car and I'm like, what just happened? I had to get like a towel, put the towel down on the seat because shit was still coming out of my butt. And once again, I didn't feel anything coming out of my butt the whole time, which is just strange, strange. You know, like I said, you usually feel when you shit your pants. So, I, you know, I get on my phone and I'm like, Google, I was like, what did I eat? And I was like, man, it has to be the butterfish. So I Google butterfish Escalar. And so I find out that you're not supposed to eat more than six ounces of butterfish. And I feel like the, the, the waiter knew that like I was on a date where I was going to smash and he was fucking with me and told the chefs out there to give me the biggest fucking piece of butterfish <laughs> they had. And so, you know, I Google it and it's like may cause anal leakage. Like, why would they serve food that can cause anal leakage i didn't even know there was such thing as anal leakage where you don't and the thing is it's because the fish is so oily there's so much so much oils in the fish that it goes through your system and it just comes out your butt you just don't even know that's why i didn't feel it it was oil seeping out my butthole uh and so yeah that that is the butterfish story i uh, never got to see that chick again uh probably had to get a new couch uh one of the most uh, horrific moments in my dating life uh but that is the uh the butterfish story classic story time with kenny all right uh any 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 word on that tambo i know you've heard that story <laughs> i've before. definitely heard it. it gets better with age i had to look down most of the time because our producer also happens to be on screen and he's laughing his ass off like he can and i'm trying not to blow it for the show but it's a classic it's an og story and it's a perfect one to tell in time for the masters a tradition unlike any other so i like tradition, that. tradition unlike any other so if you're at a restaurant and, and you order I, I would say it's worth eating just don't eat all of it at once <laughs> that's all i gotta say just be careful with your butterfish and escalar because that shit ruined and she was hot i was pissed and yeah i basically shit on the bed of a hot girl you know what I'm saying? Like, there's only like I can like count on like one hand like eights, nines, and tens that I've been with in my life. Like one non-stripper, non-hooker, eight, nines, and tens that I've been with in my life, and I can count them on one hand. Uh, and so that she was at least she was at least an eight. So that was really, really disappointing. Uh, and now I know better to not. You know, I planned it. it I planned it perfect. Everything was going great. You know, I it was I was good to go, and then oil came out my butthole and it ruined my night <laughs> all right all right so let's get to uh the listener league winner for this past week a gups corner member lukey g4 shout out gups corner he had spieth who was 12 owned 
70 points, finished in 35th, had a really good Sunday. That's going to make his ownership go up uh, this week. Corey Connors, another guy, really good Sunday, uh, 28.5% owned, 74.5 points, 35th. Tony Finau, uh, he was 12% owned, finished in 29th. Uh, again, another good Sunday. Uh, is going to drive his ownership up. 66.5 points. Big Bo Hosser, who I thought had a chance to win. I, I ended up making some parlay bets with Bo and, like, Rom, Bo and DJ, Bo and Kepka for this week. That didn't work, but it worked out since I won with Spawn. 102 points, 10% owned. JJ Spawn, 6% owned. Of course, he was the winner. Kevin Chappell, who was up there, who uh, – Tambo was a big fan of three and a half percent owned 81 points finished in 18th. what do you think of the line of Tambo? Lukey G. We can might after that story, we can call him leaky G. You, you had your anal leakage story. It's a fitting, fitting segue to move over to Lukey G, but congrats to him. Seen him around plenty, obviously known from Gup's corner, incredible week for him. I think it was a great lineup. Like you said, you know, one thing not to take away from this, but to go back just to talk about a couple of things like Hostler. You said you thought he had a chance to win. The guy literally did have a chance to win. I've never seen him and Fratelli on Sunday. We didn't talk a lot about it, but those two both were in the mix and they could not hit a shot. Like they were literally hooking it sideways. Like just some of the absolute worst shots I've ever seen trying to take down a tournament and still be right there. And then Hustler. If he didn't double the easiest hole on the course on the back nine, he had a real shot going into that last hole. And even Hustler. One thing I did like about that was the fact that he birded the next hole. Yeah. Uh, mentally, I think he's getting better. It's just he's got to tweak a little things on Sundays because he's just not there yet. Yeah, I saw some talk about that already. But like the thing with Hostler too, going for it, like the guy just had no care in the world. That last shot could have easily just went in the water and cost him like 150k or something. He doesn't care about that. He on wanted 18? to win. He yeah. knew he had the chance to win. He was pissed that he didn't get there. And he said, "I'm still going to go for it. Like I can win it right here." And then he had the worst chip up another bad putt and then ended up making par and, you know, disappointing week for him for that reason, but to still be right there in the mix. And it's been plenty of times now. Uh, sorry to our boy, Sundog monkey. I know he was high on him this week there too. So uh, I thought he had his chance. And then chapel looked like he was better than he was. Uh, you know, he came through on Friday with a really nice round of 65 to make the cut and get up to the top of the board and then sort of fell apart over the weekend. But you mentioned it. Good job. to Lukey G's got Spieth, Connors, Finau, Spawn, all moving on to the Masters at least, so he can he can start his lineup for the Masters next week with those four. Once DraftKings punches Spawn into the pool, but uh, overall solid build. Other last thing, Kenny, too, the strategy. I know you tweeted at me a couple times about it. We had the right strategy. Like it just, uh, I actually messed it up royally. I didn't talk about my week, but just real quick, like n- no excuses. I have it right there. You know, nobody cares. Work harder, but the the lineups where you just leave a thousand on the table, like it was just easy to leave Bryson and drop them down to one of those guys like Connors or even Keegan or any of those guys that made the cut and still at least came through and would have closed off a bunch of those five out of six lineups with Bryson or with Rory and some of those guys, you could have just left that money and been no, no problem and and make your notes of that for next year at the Valero Texas open. It's going to be the same always, even like a guy like speed comes through and gets on this winning lineup. You didn't, you didn't necessarily need his, you definitely didn't need his 69 and a half points. There was, you know, 15, 20 guys easy that beat him. So you could have had anybody else in that spot. It just worked out with how people mostly round out the roster with the money, full salary. So good. Anyways, good job to Lukey G. We'll see him in the three-man this week. It's going to be a good one. So the Masters is always fun. Other than that, I don't got nothing else on this, Kenny. All right, before we get into uh, – uh, let's actually, no, we'll wait. Let's go ahead and go over the Masters uh, course preview. Now, most guys we know 
what the course is, but I'll still go over it for you guys out there. Um, so uh, Augusta National Golf Club now is a 7,500-yard plus uh, par 72, four par threes, four par fives. Uh, par fives are where the majority of the scoring comes from as they are the four easiest holes on the course. Uh, the six, there's six par fours over 450 yards. Uh, those are going to be where golfers are going to need to just hold on and try and make par. Uh, there have been a couple of changes since last year. Um, the big ones on the 11th on the 11th hole, uh, they added 15 yards to the hole and gave golfers more room on the right side of the fairway uh, to deal with. So they have a uh, you know different 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 areas of attack now where you just don't have to go left uh, on that hole. You can go right, so it make it opens that hole up a little bit more. Uh, and, and even with the length, I think it, it might make that hole, which is one of the hardest holes on the course, just a touch easier because they opened up that right side uh, of the fairway. Uh, they added a little bit more room on the fairway on the right side. Um, another big change is they decided to go old school and eliminated some of the rough uh, that has been added in certain areas over the last decade. If you remember the Masters decade plus ago, I mean, there was hardly anything over, you know, quarter of an inch uh, grass that you saw. Uh, in the last few years, uh, you've seen – a little bit of rough, maybe like an inch, inch and a half in certain places. Uh, now, in a lot of these places, uh, not all of them, they didn't eliminate all, but in some places, they eliminated that, that inch and a half rough and cut it down back to, you know, almost fairway size rough. Uh, and so this could have a big impact as some, uh, you know, bailout zones off the tee will now have the short grass, which in turn will make wayward shots go even more wayward. Uh, you know, that, 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 that little bit of rough would stop balls from going too far, whatever misdirection the ball was going. Now they're just going to keep going, going, and going. Um, so, you know, and another thing about adding the short grass and eliminating some rough is that there will be more spin on the ball from these areas, which used to be rough. Uh, the rough has actually helped golfers on holes with huge false fronts because the lack of spin kept the balls, you know, on the green instead of rolling off the front with that spin, uh, you know, into collection areas. Now, this is going to be more prevalent, and I think it'll make around the green play a bit more important than it has been the last decade or so. And I think, you know, it could make the course play a little bit more difficult. Uh, you're going to have a, more of a more, – more short game is going to be needed. There's always more short game is important uh, at this course, but it could be even more important this year with uh, balls rolling off and more into collection areas and stuff because of that lack of rough. You're going to have more spin hitting irons. Uh, off of that really, really short grass. Now, off the tee golfers will see tree-lined fairways above average width, uh, bunkers and landing areas, and light rough. Uh, fairways are heavily undulated and usually lush. So even though they'll have some roll, it won't be like a U.S. Open event where dry conditions can make the ball run out 50 yards or more. Uh, also, with heavy rain in the forecast on Tuesday, the fairways can play softer, which will lengthen the course at least for the first two rounds or so. It'll probably dry out by the weekend. Uh, if golfers miss the fairway and hit it into the trees, they will have to deal with approach shots from the soft pine straw, which is always tricky. Water will also be, 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 on play, be in play on a couple of holes on the back nine. Uh, on approach shots, golfers will see greens that are average in size, but it is, uh, you know, average to above average in size, but that is misleading. Uh, first off, most of the greens slope heavily from back to front, which makes hitting approaches under the hole important. There are also so many slopes and contours in the green, and they will be playing much smaller. Golfers will have to left small aiming points on approach shots to actually get the ball close. Also, because of how firm 
the greens usually are and, and look like they're going to be, especially on the weekend, it makes the correct landing spot that much smaller. Most greens are elevated, um, you know, uh, are elevated in shape like an upside down bowl along the edges and will have little to no rough surrounding them. So many balls will be left in collection areas around the greens, which are always tough to get it up and down from uh, because of the firmness and the quickness of the greens. Uh, unless the court the course gets hit by a deluge and, it looks like t- Tuesday might be a deluge. They're calling for more than an inch of rain on Tuesday. Uh, they should still remain fast and firm, even with wet conditions. Uh, Augusta National has some of the best sub-air drying machinery on the greens, and it looks like they'll be put to use at least in the first couple of days. Uh, the greens use bent grass. They're going to be fast. Stip meter rating around 13 and a half or more. Uh, bunkers and collection areas surround almost every green with water surrounding a couple of holes. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, a lot of what you just said. We don't. It's the Masters. It's Augusta National Golf Club. So I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I'll, I'll do a couple others. Like one, you know me at majors. I'm always looking more at the long term stuff. I think that's the most important. Uh, this course, especially, we know course history. Uh, it's one of the main course history courses. Everyone's going to talk about that. The same thing. We know that already. And then just on the other side of it, like there is actually some strategy stuff to it with the fact that. There's like, this is like, you know, Brooks Kepka style, you cross these dudes off. Like there's guys that literally don't matter that we already know. So you take a field that's now 91 with JJ spawn, assuming Tiger Woods plays, we'll get to Tiger in a minute. Uh, usually it's the elephant in the room. This one, we got the Tiger in the room because everybody's talking about it. I think he plays Kenny. We'll talk more in a second, maybe after the ad read, but Hey, you got that factor. And then also you've got the stuff like the cut line. It way more guys are going to make the cut. So I think that's going to be some of the stuff we'll see over the weekend. And there's going to be some early victory laps. Like if Tiger makes the cut or, you know, assuming he plays, if Scheffler is crushing because he's 11K and everyone's like, see, I told you, you should have played a low owned Scheffler, but really comes down to what happens on Sunday. Like we saw back when it was the, the time that Tiger won in 2019 when you had Xander, Cantley, DJ, Brooks, Molinari, Poulter, Fina. I remember it all because I was right there in the $100 Millimaker trying to take that thing down. And all of my dudes went into the water and I did not have Tiger Woods. And so it crushed me. But I'll tell you what, that's the factor of the winning lineup changes on a dime. Those last six to seven holes because of the way Augusta National shakes out. And because of the fact there's so many big names in the mix every single time. So you have to choose wisely when going through your pool. And hopefully we got, we can help you guys with that as we go through it here. All right. Sounds good. Uh, before we get into the tiers and all that good stuff and some strategy, let's go ahead and pay some bills. Golf season is in full swing. Get in on all the action on the fairway with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 on golf's first major and get $25 in free bets for every birdie Bryson DeChambeau sinks in the first round. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the excitement on the course with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Golf Contests. This week, new customers can make their deposit and play free for the $1 million top prize. Draft your lineup of six golfers while staying under the salary cap. Rack up points for birdies, eagles, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FGD. Bet just $5 on golf's first major and get $25 in free bets for every one of Bryson's birdies in the first round. Join the action with code FGD only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so before we get into the tiers, let's talk about this pricing here a little bit, Tambo. Uh, Now, I know most of the time in most years, you know, the pricing has been soft. I know you hate that word, but... Pricing's a little, it's been soft, the Masters. Does it seem like the pricing's a little bit tighter this year? 
Uh, I don't see like those obvious plays like we've seen in the past in the lower range. Uh, does that affect how you go about it? It affects me when it comes to cash games. Uh, and I'll talk about that in a second. But when you do GPPs, I mean, does the lack of like these type of you know auto plays down below, does it make it harder? Does it make it easier? What do you think of the pricing? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think it's still just as quote unquote soft as what you just said, but they did a better job of it this year. Like there actually isn't these standouts to me. We'll talk about a few as we go through the some standout a little bit for different reasons, but it's not the same as like, I think it was last year, Corey Connors, 6,600, like just play the guy. Everyone's, oh, you can't play him. He's going to be the 6K guy that's chalk. It was like at the same time, he's the only guy down there that's completely mispriced and we'll take what we get. And he ended up really paying it back in a good way. Had himself an incredible, I think it was like T8 or something, but uh, to your point, I'm actually kind of leaning more the way that you usually do uh, in some of those weeks, like you said, just general weeks where you're saying like, I'm looking for three guys that can win the tournament and then go from there here. I'm looking for like four guys that I think can win it. Because like I said, when you get down there, like it's Harmon, Kisner and Kevin Na all at the same price point. That's hard to decipher and say who it actually is to my point previous. But the main thing I'm saying is you can't just you know, hope that one of the, Oh, as long as they make the cut for me, no, that's not the case at all here. There are a bunch of dudes are going to make the cut. In fact, very few are going to miss the cut likely that are, that are actually have some ownership into the pool. So you're going to need a lot more than the T 49 or whatever they pull off on Sunday that can crush you. You're going to need the guy that's in the top 20. So I'm, I'm looking at it that way this week, Kenny, and I'll build some more balance builds, but even coming from just, you know, the, the show I did on Saturday recorded with the, uh, or actually it was Friday with Raza and Mayo. I've already come around a little bit on just using some more of these guys at the top because it just looks like they're the best plays. The, the more you dig in and the more you look at it, and we'll talk about it here in a second with more guys in the 10 K range too, right? 10 up to 11 K Scotty Scheffler. There's like seven guys. So uh, I definitely think you can use more than normal here. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why I think why the pricing is a little bit tougher because you have well, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 10, 11, 12, 13, like 15 or more guys over 9K. That's a lot of golfers uh, over 9K. And like seven of them are over 10K. Uh, yeah. So so it makes it tough uh, trying to go ahead and do what I usually do where I'm, you know, I'm going three guys, you know, in the 9K or 10K range and a one punt play. I don't trust anybody uh, in the 6K range when it comes to cash. Uh, so I can't really go in that route this year. Because I, there's there's is no Corey Connors down there. There really isn't that one guy that stands out uh, in that 6K range that you know is going to make the cut that you know can perform well. Uh, it's a lot harder uh, this year. Uh, and so you know, and the thing is, you know, when you with 90 golfers, 15 of them are unplayable. The the cut being top 50 in ties, you're only going to have about 20 golfers miss the cut that are rosterable. Okay, and so because of that, uh, you know, six of six is super important because it's going to be higher than normal, uh, than normal events. Now in the past, I would still be able to go aggressive and have that safe six K play, but I just don't uh, this, this time around with the pricing. So when it comes to cash for me, mine is going to be balanced for cash. Yeah. Uh, I think you said one good point there too, just to add in back because nine K and up is 16 guys. I just pulled the exact. Uh, the 7K range, 7 to 7,900 is 20 guys. That's where the difference lies this year versus any other. Like that, they literally are almost identical where normally you had like all these guys in the sevens that you could wade through it and find. I mean, you still have plenty of guys to play. We'll get there. 
but I'm saying it just seems like, you know, once you take your stands and stuff, you almost get forced to figure out these 6K guys for large field GPPs and take your stands and pick. For you and Cash, like you said, just find that nice balanced build with all the guys you feel safe with, get the upside that way. And again, most of them are going to make the cut. So it's just how many guys can you get within the top 10 and hopefully have the winner and just crush that way. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at, like, my cash game cornerstones, I'm pretty sure, you know, at least a t- at least the top three, I think, can win. Uh, the fourth one, the bottom one that I'm going to go over, m- maybe. He's had good appearances before. And then, you know, the other two guys that I'm going to have, I think at least one of those guys can win as well. So you could still, like you said, still make a lineup with, you know, four or five guys you think you can win and make the punt. But I just think it's it's safer in cash to go balanced because six to six is going to be so high. You need to get six to six. Uh, so so I'm going balanced in cash. But let's get to these tiers. Uh, let's go ahead with this 10K range and up. We have Rory all the way up to Scotty. Seven guys. It's tough. Uh, how many of these do you think you can play? Say say I'm I'm, I'm making sixty lineups. You're you know you're making one hundred and fifty. How many guys up here do you think you can actually? Click the button if you, for me. Say you're making 50 lineups, not your 150 or 300 that you make, Tambo, but like yeah. 50 lineups. How many of these guys up here do you think you can actually play and still not be, you know, underexposed in certain areas? Again, yeah, it's going to come down to what you're doing for roster construction. I think three to five is a safe number. So if you want to say an average of four, I think you could do it because if, if you want to build builds like uh, like JT Rory. And then you're going to need more, you know what I mean? You're going to have more and you're going to already be skipping more 9K guys just naturally because of that strategy of your lineup construction. So for me, I'm probably going to roll like four. I'm still going to take a stand, get off a three and whatever happens, happens. But uh, it's tough to pick the fourth one. I can start, Kenny. I can tell you right now, uh, the three that I really like are after Scheffler. It's Rom, DJ, and Justin Thomas. I'm pretty much disregarding ownership. I I just don't care. Like Rom is going to get ownership because people are going to go back to him no matter what. They price Scheffler up. He's going to come in at, who knows, 10% or less maybe. Who knows what he's going to come in at. I don't know if people will talk themselves into it by the end of the week, but it's pretty clear the way they set up the pricing. Those that love Scheffler right now are going to want to stay on him and be happy that he's low-owned, but he still is 11K. He he definitely got three wins in the last five or whatever it is that he's popped up, but has to basically, you know, here I think he really has to – I never say that he has to win because he's 11K. He can be in the mix, but – because of how strong the field is, because of the setup that we just talked about strategy-wise, he definitely has to do his job. He has to have a pretty good week. So not saying he can't. He's literally the best golfer on the planet right now. But that's my decision. It's going up to Scheffler or going down to Rory. The guys I'm comfortable to leave out, and as of right now, at least. I but before we get before you go on, let's go talk about let's talk about the bottom half because I think when it comes to Scheffler, Rom, DJ, and JT, you can't really make a wrong choice there. Uh, I, I like JT and DJ. Those are the two that I'm definitely going to play. Outside of that, I don't know who I'm going to play yet. Uh, but the, JT and DJ are definitely in for me. DJ's his form looks like it's back. It looks like we're back to old DJ. JT's yeah. numbers are really good. He's been playing excellent. It was top ten after top ten. Uh, and then you know Rom is Rom, who top ten's like sixty percent of all, eighty percent of all the matches he's been in. And Chef was the best player in the world. Uh, it, it, you know, make your pick up here. The bottom three. Uh, Morikawa, Hovland, Rory. How are you going to go about them? Are they all fades? Uh, maybe not Rory. Uh, you know, will Morikawa and Hovland be the two lowest owned in Probably. this group? And will they be worth playing if they are? You just have to decide on them versus the ones above. Like I said, that's where it's going to make or break the week. But I, I mean, like, 
I think the experience experience matters. It hasn't like, look, Morikawa figured shit out in three days at the open and then went and won it at a place he's never been at a tournament he's never been at. So it's not, this is like his third time. I'm sure he can figure out the masters. It's not that it's just what you have to do with what's around it. If I play Morikawa, I have to decide to basically not play JT, not saying you can't play both together. I'm just pointing out in, in general, the thought process of you're not going to play all seven of these guys. You can definitely play a JT Kawa lineup and be different. I'm just saying that's where I'm making my choices. Hovland, he's been in Butler's cabin. He's been there before with uh, with Tiger in the room. So it's probably the most memorable experience, one of them in his life, besides some of his wins, sitting in that room as the low am looking stoned like he always does in the orange shirt, chilling with Tiger, getting the jacket back. But I don't know if we'll see him there again and the price is, is up there. I, I just, you know, the around the green game, all that stuff, you have to just make your choices. Rory, I, I like, I'm honestly just leaning playing the four at the top and just skipping the two young guns and Rory because, man, Rory, not just the miscut this week. I know the flop leg and everyone will bring it up, but he just, he never could close here before. He still hasn't. He definitely didn't show me much last week. And what I thought, Kenny, last week was that if he skipped the match play and he was practicing and getting ready to try and close out this career grand slam, that he would come out and show us something. He, he showed nothing. And sure, it's Rory McIlroy. That's the thing about this top range. Everyone can tell their own story for every guy, but you have to make your choices. And I feel much better about Rom, DJ, and JT and just getting overweight there. And then, you know, make your differences in these next tiers. Because like you said, you can make a case for everyone at the top. I don't know. We'll see if that's what makes or breaks the lineups. If, you know, more cow ships it, of course, that's when you're going to need him. Hovland wins it. You're going to need him. But, you know, that's the obvious stuff. What, do you, what, are your, what are your thoughts on these two young guns and then Rory after what you saw last week? Now, I did say that I think now with, with, with a little bit – with the way the course was set up this year that around the green play is going to be a little bit more important than it has been, even though it's been an important stat for the Masters all throughout the years. Um, Hovland and Morikawa are two of the worst in the field. I think uh, uh, Morikawa is 71st uh, and uh, Hovland is 88th in this field. Uh, strokes gain around the green in the last 50 rounds. Now, Rom and DJ aren't that much better, but they have so much more experience at Augusta. They know where to hit the chips, how to hit the chips. It's become second nature for them because they've been there for so long. You know, Rom, uh, you know, DJ hasn't been that great around the green either, but but I, I have more faith in him doing well around the green and Rom, uh, you know, Rom, because he just top tens here every year. Um, then I do more cow and Hovland. Now, from a game theory perspective, these guys are both incredibly talented. Uh, the young guys, uh, if they're going to be eight percent owned, uh, for some that might be enough to go ahead and roster them, and and it might be the sharp play. Uh, I don't think I can do it, but I can. I, I won't go against you if that's the reasoning behind you playing more Kawa or uh, Hovland this week. But I like JT. JT's probably my favorite play. Uh, in the range. Uh, I do like him a lot. Um, I was contemplating betting him. I still might. Um, we'll see. I'm going to, I might even adjust my betting card mid show. Uh, you know, but we'll see uh, how that goes. All right. So let's get to this next range. Two of my cash game cornerstones are going to be in this range. First is going to be Jordan Spieth. Uh, he's going to be highly owned. Uh, he, but I mean, his record here, speaks for itself, whether he's playing poorly headed in or whether he's playing great headed in. Uh, it doesn't really matter. This is just some place where he does extremely well. Uh, and I don't see him missing the cut. And of course he can win. Uh, so first cash game cornerstone, Jordan Spieth, second cash game cornerstone, 
Brooks Kepka. Uh, $9,400. Again, it's a major. It's Kepka. He looked decent uh, at the um, the match play. He looked, he looked pretty good uh, out there beating Rom um, in that um, Sweet 16 match or quarterfinal match or whatever. Uh, so, you know, you don't really have to go to talk too far uh, into talking into those two guys. Pretty easy plays. Self-explanatory. Spieth, Kepka, first two cash game cornerstones. I really like Cantlay. Uh, this week for GPPs. Um, I, I, what do you think about his ownership? He hasn't done much here recently. Uh, you know, he hasn't played that much. Uh, do you think his ownership, I know if it was like, you know, uh, a month and a half, two months ago, it would probably be sky high now. What do you think? Uh, what yeah. do you think? 12%? Maybe. I don't think it can be there, though. I think the reason is, is we didn't talk about it yet, but like Cam Smith, right? 9,900. Jordan Spieth, no matter what, at the Masters, 9,800. Uh, Xander, everyone's favorite darling at 9,600, uh, who I think people think will be sneaky, but won't be because he always gets ownership, kind of like a, a an expensive Tony Fee now. And then you've got uh, Brooks Kepka, the major crusher. Like, what's the number Justin Ray posted out? He's like 70 strokes ahead of DJ since 2016 at all majors. And that's ongoing. That's a decent sample at this point. We're in 2022. That's a pretty good sample. 70 strokes better. He does just show up. So I think Cantlay's ownership will be completely under control. And I think it's very easy to get overweight on. I like Cantlay quite a bit. I, one thing we talked about also on the show the other day, Kenny, I'll get your thoughts. Cause probably if you hadn't watched it yet, like this was just one thing that kept coming up is that the, the course history focus, it is key. We know this is like the number one, this it's like this, the Sony open while I there and a couple other places where course history is so important. But at the same time, I think that's also almost getting outweighed to some of these ownerships, like it's as if it's the only thing that matters. So people are like, oh, Cantlay, he's been horrible here. There's no way he could show up. I just don't think that's true. He And he hasn't been horrible. He was almost in the mix like that year that Tiger won. There was a possibility with how many holes were left with him there that it could have happened. And we weren't even surprised at the time. And now Cantlay's got that much better. Uh, I saw a little article. It was like Zach Curtinine or whatever that posted it out about Cantlay's traffic light. I don't know if you saw this, the stoplight approach that he's got worked on here, that it's the red light, green light, yellow light type thing where he's going to have all his shots set out. And that's the thing about Cantlay. He is a killer, right? He's a precise guy, comes down to it when his game is on. He doesn't make a lot of bogeys. We're usually stressed out that he's just making pars. And of course, he'll have to make some birdies along the way or eagles or whatever might get him up to the top here. But I just, uh, that's my point is I think he's a very good play at 9,500 for that reason. So I think his ownership will be lower to answer your original question. And I think he's a great play in tournaments because of that. Yeah, I, I love Canley. I'm looking a little bit at Willie Z uh, this week. Uh, the one thing that got me in the match play was dude was making putts. Dude, dude was making putts Till he the wasn't. match play. And, and we all know the, the ball striking is there for this man, right? Uh, I, I might play a little bit of Willie Z this week. I'm, I'm definitely playing him. And I said this too. The one thing that, that came out of all my Willie Z slander, Kenny, is that tweet you posted. And the, remember who the three other guys were in the tweet with Willie Z. They were Scheffler, who is now 11,000. Good for him. Good for these guys with all their wins. But everything else was identical for their stats. Yeah, yeah. And it's Scheffler's 11K, Morikawa's 10-2, and Hovland is 10-1. Yeah. And we can get the discount here to 9,200. Some may not think it's a discount because that's how important those wins are at the end of your tallies. People take those very seriously. But to be honest... When you posted out the stats like that, and you just think about it from a DraftKings potential, scoring, all that, even if he picks up steam, I don't care. He's cheap based on that factor. And shit, the guy almost did win it 
last year. Like he literally had the chance to win it with all the uh, happy Gilmore's caddy pictures posted about when people were sort of just catching on to who he was. Obviously we knew who he was and most listening to this did at that time, but I'm just saying that's sort of the thing you see here. And he's, I know 9,200, very good price to me in, in this tournament this week. Anybody else in the nine K range you like? Um, couple more. I was going to ask uh, just your thought. Well, I guess we just didn't talk en- uh, enough about it, but what were your thoughts on Cam Smith and Xander? I mean, I, I, I can't say anything bad about Cam Smith. The guys, you know, his course history here is great. He's coming off one of the players. I can't really say nothing about him. I mean, I, you know, if I don't play four, if I only play three guys in the 10 K range, I will play Cam Smith. Uh, I haven't made a decision on that yet if i play four guys in the 10k range it's going to be hard to fit cam smith in uh just because he's what 9900 he's basically 10k himself and like i said i'm not the biggest fan of the 6k range so i'm gonna have to go down there at some point in time uh maybe you can have some gems for me down there i got a couple uh but we'll see so but i mean like yeah i don't i but the thing is like you know if he's 26 percent owned it could be worth a fade yeah, you know, I, I just don't I, know if he'll get there now because, like I said, with people wanting to play speed, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the other stuff. I guess because Rory missed the cut, that could definitely lead to more Cam Smith. But what, last thing I'll say on this, and we can move on, is just like that's why I said in the 10K range, I feel so good about a couple things. Like JT at 10-3 is 700 less than Scheffler. That might help me out getting off these $6,800 guys and popping into that mid-range in the 7Ks. But at the same time, I honestly am, as of right now, at least feeling pretty comfortable. Like if I just left off Smith, Spieth, and Xander, got away from the, you know, that type of balance build, get like a a JT DJ lineup and then go down and be able to get some of those other guys in and still feel good about that. So that's where I'm I'm struggling a little bit. As of right now, Cantlay, Kepka, and Willie Z. Did you want to talk about Hideki? The injury, I know there was some pitchers today. It looks like he's on the range at Augusta. I mean- He's got great history, obviously winning it. But even before that, the guy was dominant here. It was just a matter of time to most watching golf that he was going to put on a green jacket. To me, that was the major he was going to win, right? If we were waiting for him to get his first major that, you know, all of Japan was waiting for Hideki to come through. I always thought it would be the Masters. Sure enough, it ended up being that. Uh, It just took a little while, but still. Any thoughts on him based on the injury stuff? Because there's going to be other yeah. guys we talk about too. Bryce, it could be It could be more difficult for him also because, you know, the amount of attention he's going to get as defending champion. Uh, something that he's not really accustomed to. He's not really the most outgoing guy, and he's going to have to do dinner. He's going to have to do all that Japanese media. Uh, it's going to be even more crazy than a normal week because he's a defending champion. Uh, he could have a lot of other stuff on his mind. Then you throw in the fact of it, it, him withdrawing uh, with a neck injury, uh, you know, maybe basically withdrawing in back-to-back events. Um, it's worrisome. Uh, now, his ownership is probably going to address that. Uh Five six percent on probably right. Uh, you, yeah, you, was, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. Somewhere five yeah. to seven percent with yeah. my range thoughts, but yeah. So I mean, it, it makes it tempting, but I don't know if I have the balls to go ahead and do it uh, just because of all the other stuff that's going on in his mind plus the injury. Uh, so yeah. right now, probably not. But someone might talk me into it uh, after I started hearing some of these, um, you know, podcasts and all the other information that comes out the rest of the week. Rest of the Bry- week. Bry- Bryson Berger, any any love those two at the bottom? No, I'm good. Okay, move on. Let's go to this 8K range now. With 16 golfers being in the 9K range and above, do you think the 8K range is going to be a dead zone for ownership? Well, we, here's the tiger in the room. Like I said earlier, bring it up again. We have to talk about it. 
what what is going to happen here with Tiger? Like he's definitely my in my opinion, he's playing. I right? think he's playing. I, you know, like there's just no reason the guy. You know, he said what he's going to do, but you know, it's all goes together. So of course he sends the jet back home. Like you know, let him know when he needs picked up. Is it Sunday evening with another green jacket in hand? We'll find out. But I definitely think the guy is playing. I also think I'll do mine first. I don't mind, you know, telling you my thoughts and getting yours. Just the fact of like, I just, he's not the type of, I just don't see any world where he's teeing it up to just check things out and see how they're going. Like he's playing the practice rounds. He knows how he's playing. If, if he's shooting eighties in the practice rounds or something, or if he's only playing nine at a time and putting up horrible numbers, then maybe that's when he backs out. But all the stuff about him walking it and not playing any action, like, does he need to it's tiger woods. It's Augusta national golf club, a place he knows, play it with his eyes closed for the most part and some of the stuff, Kenny. So I think if he's teeing it up, uh, Rick Rungood, Rick Gaiman posted it out today. Like the Circa had plus 140 to make the cut. And I said to him like, this to me is insane. I thought the odds were backwards. Like how is he not making the cut? Like that should be the one that's minus 300. If he's playing, he's making the cut. Like I just, there's no way I know. I know. Um, who was it? Kyle Porter went on and said, like, there's no way he's playing and he's going to win. That one could be one of those, uh, the media things from 2019 that backfires, but I, I do have a hard time seeing him win the thing. I also struggle, you know, even in daily fantasy this week on DraftKings because if he makes the cut, is it something that ends up being a T40? And that's still a huge accomplishment. He did his job and he made the cut. It's fun to see him back. What are your thoughts on Tiger Woods? I think he's playing. Uh, I think he'll be popular. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to play him. Uh, now, again, I said the same thing in 2019 when on all these radio shows was on USA Today uh, online, was on NBC Sports online. I wrote, I had a little blurb with like a bunch of other guys in the industry. Uh, and I was on 670 in the score in Chicago. Like, Tiger is not going to win. There's no way he can win. And then the motherfucker won. And uh, once again, I haven't been back on any of those things since then. So, you know, so, so, so that, that always sticks out on my mind, you know, so I can't really say he can't do it. I'm not going to do it this time. Uh, but I, I don't think I'm going to personally use them. Now, when we're getting into this 8K range, I do think it's a dead zone. Um, and I think, you know, there, there could be a lot of sneaky plays in this range. I think, uh, my, first off, my third cash game cornerstone is going to be Adam Scott at $8,300, who's been playing decent throughout the year, and he just never misses the cut here. Uh, again, another guy who I think can win. I know Pat Mayo is big on him. I'll put the bet on him uh, for this week. I, there's really not too much to say. The crazy thing about Adam Scott, now this year, we all know his ball striking. We all know he's been one of the best out there on tour for decades now. But he is second in strokes game putting in the last 50 rounds in this field. Um, that, to me, if he can if he can do his normal ball striking thing and be the second best putter in this field, he can win. He can win. Um, so so um, yeah. So I so Adam Scott is going to be my uh, my third cash game cornerstone. Now you look at um, where is it? Where is Adam Scott betting wise? Uh, okay, 55, I think he's down to yeah. now 60. He was 66 to start, I think. I yeah, I'm, I'm adding Adam Scott. I'm, I'm taking off someone. I'm adding Adam Scott to the betting card. Okay, and so, you know, Finau, you think he's going to probably be popular now. You know, top 10 machine at Augusta. The one guy I think that you could pivot off of a double-digit percentage owned Tony Finau is Terrell Hatton, right underneath. The guy has been playing excellent golf. 
here recently. Had his best Masters finish, I think, last year, finished in the top 20. Uh, all his numbers, iron game, really good. Good with his longer irons. Good on par fives. Good from 450 to 500 yards. I really like Hatton as a pivot off Finau, who I think will gain popularity once again because it is Augusta. It is a major. Uh, you're going to see him 12 to 15% up. Own. And I'm hoping Hatton, you can get at around 10% uh, and save some of that. So I like Hatton a lot. And I like Usti uh, up top. Again, I, I, this is we're back to not very highly owned Usti. And I know that's your favorite type of Usti, Tambo. Uh, and so, so I, I like Usti up top. Again, a guy who I think is going to be overlooked in GPPs. Uh, so I like Usti up there. Uh, who do you like in this AK range? Yeah, I love this range. And it goes back to, again, my original theory, like I said, on how you're building this week, how you're constructing, why I like playing more of those five-figure guys, because then you can do that. If I just want to play ROM as you in a ROM lineup or in a JT lineup, whatever it is, and then drop to this 8K, I can pick up two or three guys here that I don't mind playing. And I think if you look at it, it's like uh, Lowry is one guy I like for sure. He's playing really good golf right now. He has that around the green game that we talk about. He's got the uh, same type of form as when he went into the open and won near his hometown. So I like that. I like Sam Burns. Uh, Sam Burns, I was saying this on the show the other day, I'll get it repeated a bunch this week, but I think just for me, the guy has you know been winning. He won at the Valspar, which was very recent. Like he did, you know, not just because he won me a bunch of money. That's what Mayo tried to say. But at the end of the day, it's only his fifth major, which is crazy to me. But the overall moxie in the game that he's got the numbers, the betting number on him is already, I think it's like 40 in some places. Like he's a guy that I think could actually win the tournament and he's 8,600. Uh, he's, he's a guy that does, I, I called him Tony Finau heavy because we call guys that are, you know, this guy's a uh, Corey Cotter's light. Well, this is the opposite case. He's like a Tony Finau, but actually closes and wins tournaments. So I'll call him uh, Tony Finau heavy is Sam Burns. I like him at 8,600. I like your Adam Scott call. Uh, and then the other guy, I like, I love, I love the Hatton call. One thing I brought up that you just made me go look it up because I wanted to get the numbers now. So even before what we've seen him do on the PGA tour recently, like the second at API, the 13th at the players, good at the Valspar, everything, uh, even match play, he played good, but uh, he was doing it in Europe before T4, T6, T9. It's the form that you want coming in. And Fina was a prime example right above him where, like I said, I'm just comfortable not going there. I'm kind of glad. He had the good round today. He does have a great history here, even off the twisted ankle that first time out. But it's one of those things where I think it's the course history. He's just getting overweighed with the couple good rounds and now a good tournament at Valero, Texas Open, like is what it is. I even like Neiman, Kenny, above. Uh, just looking at it for Neiman, won the Genesis, which is on bent grass. And then we know we taught, we made fun of him. Remember uh, the tournament he lost in the playoff, eating tacos and hot dogs on the bench there with Sergio Garcia, his buddy. Well, Sergio's pretty damn good at the Masters himself. Maybe a few tips, hints, tricks, things around the way. So uh, the ones that stand out to me are Neiman, Scott, Burns, and Lowry. But I like your hat and take as well. That's four or five guys in this range. And that's why I'm more okay getting heavier in this range for the tournament this week. All right, that sounds good. Let's get to the 7K range. I'll just go ahead and do my final cash game cornerstone. It's going to be Corey Connors. Uh, Now, I know some people will worry about fatigue. Uh, but he did the same thing last year. He played Valspar, played match play, uh, and came in and finished top 10. I have no worry about that. Uh, the guy is just, and he's had a couple, he's been very good at Augusta in his couple of appearances. Yeah, so I have no problem. You know, his iron game, of course, is a strength. It's been getting a lot better. Tita Green, he's also strong. He's also good from 450 to 500 yards. Uh, so my four casting cornerstones this week are going to be 
Jordan Spieth at 9,800. Brooks Kepka at 9,400. Uh, Adam Scott at 8,300. Corey Connors at 7,600. Still leaves you 14,900 uh, under the cap to go ahead and fill out the rest of your lineups. A couple of 7K guys uh, on there. Uh, no problem. Uh, so that's going to be my cash game. Cornerstones for the week. Other guys I do like in this 7K range. Um, you know, up top, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm, I'm, I want to see how Casey is. Uh, he has back spasms, uh, withdrew from, didn't play in the Dallas bar, withdrew from the match play. Um, and so there's a little bit of worry there. But the thing about back spasms, I know um, DB from the, the Tour Junkies had a little thing on injuries today. It was really good on YouTube. Go check it out. The six golfers you have to worry about injury-wise. He goes over them and what he thinks uh, their chances are. So go check out the Tour Junkies on that one. Um, uh, I, I, if, he, if he sounds like he's healthy, which it sounds like, you know, Instagram-wise, social media, it looks like he's okay. Uh, I think he's going to be usable. I like Casey. Um, Patrick Reed showed a little bit of life uh, at his, at the uh, match, you know, at the match play looked decent out there. He looked decent in his last couple of appearances. I think you can get him very, very low owned. Once again, Leishman down here, really, really good history at the open championship. I like Mark and and I like Siwoo. Siwoo pretty sneaky, good form. At the Masters, good showing last week. Making it's not old. It's not old school Siwoo. It's not like he can win this week and then miss seven cuts in a row and win again. That's not the Siwoo there is now. He's made what twelve of his last thirteen cuts on tour. A uh, little bit more consistency there. Almost thinking about using him in cash. Um, you know, if Casey is not healthy, um, you know, and if you're not sure about Casey, who I think would make another great cash play, um, I, you know, since because of that injury, I might just go down to Siwoo and finish up my cash lineup with Siwoo and Mark Leishman uh, and, and leave $500 left on the table, no doubt. And obviously that's the lineup I have uh, it, it, down right now. We'll see if that stays for the week for the last two guys cashing cornerstones to stay unless there's some type of injury. Uh, but we'll see for those last two. Uh, and then Luke List. 180 to one. He's playing pretty well. This seems like a course where he could bomb it out there and do, do some things and maybe shock the world. 180 to one doesn't seem bad. 7K, not a bad price. We'll see how popular he is. Uh, but, you know, for a bet, 180 to one, you know, if you get each ways, uh, you know, if somebody, somebody's got a, a books doing like 10 spots each way, uh, 11 spots each way across the pond. I wish we had those here uh, in America. Uh, but, I mean, if you can get that, yeah, that doesn't seem like that bad of a bet. Who do you like in the 7K range? Yeah, a bunch of guys. Like you said, if I'm, you know, four guys up top, three, four guys, and then four guys in the next range, like I just talked, I'm only at 12 or 13 guys so far, and I want to finish out here. So this is where I'm saying you want to pick 12 guys. I got no problem with it. I think, you you know, to hit on the ones I like the most, though, um, Russell Henley, Fleetwood, Casey. I think Casey's going to be okay. I hope that uh, – it ends up like the players where he's not that much owned. It's not about the result. It's just more of like coming in where people just talk their way off of him. I think his post on Instagram basically said like, let's go excited for the week. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of interested in him there. Corey Connors is just a good value. Uh, you talked a little bit about uh, Reed showing some stuff, but one guy to me uh, still seems cheap. And we were struggling with going back to this guy. We said, we want to see some of him. Our boy who we've talked about for a while, Webb Simpson on this show, Valspar opening two opening 67s to start that baby. Off. I bet him. I bet him hundred to one. I bet him. Yeah. 
I mean, he's a guy that actually could actually see do it. And Rose is right there below him, who then that's a guy based on just history alone. But he just is very good here. So 7,500, I think I can go to him. Going down, not as many at the bottom. I like your Siwoo call. I'll pick a couple of these 7K guys, but Bobby Mack is definitely going to be in the mix. Uh, just thought he's a lefty Bubba style. He's been great at majors. Not a lot of people go to him. He wasn't terrible this past week could have been better, but I'm just saying it wasn't a bad showing for him by any means. I think he's a good spot to go to here. And then Cameron young. I mean, this is something, this guy, I just pulled it up to just jog, jog my memory, Kenny, but even at the Genesis people say, oh, it's a debutant, all these things. Sure. But like he can come out and top 10, the thing, if he goes to the Genesis and came in second to Neiman when it was, Morikawa, Hovland, JT, Adam Scott, Rory McIlroy, Xander. Like, look at the guys he's in the mix with. Didn't break a sweat. Like, just went out and did his thing. 66, 62, 69, 70. Like, that's a a good week at a very tough course at the Genesis there at Riviera. So, I don't even mind Cam Young at 7,000. And I like that they didn't put him at, like, 6,400 where more would jump on. I like that they made him 7K. But Luke List obviously can make a case for him as well, everything you said about him. Well, I mean, Cam Young, you got to think this course, you know, it, it seems like it should suit him. You He's know, got complete re- game. really good, really long off the tee, really good on par fours from 450 to 500. Uh, the main thing against him is this is his first time. And you don't see, so maybe you don't expect a win from him, but a top 20, top yeah. 15, it's possible. And a top 20 for a guy at $7,100 can't help your drafting lineups. I don't hate that. And and to your point there, and it goes to what I said earlier, that's again, kind of like the course history being overblown. I think we've seen this all season long. Like Chad Ramey just won a tournament. This ain't the Masters. You what I'm just saying, when people are seeing the Rameys, the Schefflers, the Davis Rileys, uh, some guys going out, even other guys having good rounds, Taylor Moores and Lee Hodges and all these up and comers. Cameron Young has been right in the mix as well. This is a different class that we're talking about. And some of these debutants here this time around, like Taylor Gooch, Cameron Young, some of these dudes, like these are the real deal that could still show up here and easily come top 10 and would not shock you. So I got no problem using him at 7,000. Kind of like that they priced him there. All right. So let's get to the 6K range. Couple of guys. I'm going to go with my Korean brethren first, Kevin Na. Uh, the best uh, strokes gain around the green in the field in the last 50 rounds. You think him at this course might be too short for him, and, uh, too long for him, but it could be. But 12th last year, 13th the year before. It's not like he hasn't had good finishes uh, at this event and with his prowess around the greens and his putting. And, and I think the stroke, you know, that short game is going to be so much of a big factor. Uh, you know, I think his price is pretty cheap. I like nah uh, this week, uh, you know, baby swag too, you know? And so, so there you go. Uh, a little, little uh, nappy factor for you. Uh, other guys down here that, that interests me. Um, what do you think about Gary Woodland? I mean, you think his ownership is going to be a little – he's been playing really good golf. And in 6,100, I expect him to be pretty highly owned. But the thing about Gary is I think he usually does better on shorter courses. But then again, he did – you know, he finished, what, top 10 this past week at the Valspar, somewhere around there, uh, top 15. Um, what's your take on Gary this week? Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a popular play now, especially with how he finished at the Valero. He was on TV a bunch today. Like, he just yeah. didn't – get the job done, but at 6,900, he already seemed pretty low because what he's been like 21st, fifth, fifth. Now he adds another top 10. Like that's four of the last five where he's 21 or better with three of them being top 10. So I think he's going to pick up steam. I do, you know, struggle just in this upper range, Kenny, because as much as I like some of these guys, but like Harmon Kisner, nah, Woodland, uh, you know, those are going to be guys that pick up steam. Maybe Ryan Palmer, 
even at 6,500, I think one of them will come through, but that's my point where now people are going to try and pick and choose or play multiples. And I, in my opinion, just the thought up front is like, that's where I'm saying you're one of them is going to come top 10 or something. And then the others are all going to be like T35 or worse and not be on the winning tournament lineup. So you got to really pick your spots. I think, you know, a couple stand out to me. You mentioned, nah, I, I like Harmon. I, I kind of like Harmon. Just another lefty that can go out there, do his thing. I, I say lefties because others have done well there, but it's not even just that. He has had the all-around game. We know he's got the around the green game. We know he can find the putter. I think Harmon is an interesting play there. I'm not really into Kevin Kisner this week. I would take the other Kevin, Kevin Knopf, I was going there. But I think we see guys below. Like, what about, um, you know, I said I would never play Bez again because the guys just never needed. But now it's like, I feel like he's a guy at 6,700. Him or Hoagie, maybe even EVR, one of those three could actually yeah. burn this $6,800 range and just crush them and come like top five. And I you're like, like all oh, three shit. of those guys. Those, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think those three guys make a lot of sense. Hoagie, you know what I mean? So when people are yeah. going Woodland, Kisner, Harmon, Nah, and they're, oh, I'll just pick two of them. What about just playing Bez, Hoagie, and or EVR? These are the dudes that I think actually, and don't forget Thomas Peters is there as well. The guy was like fourth here a couple of years ago. So uh, he's got the complete firepower to, com- to show up and actually top five. And I think, I think those other guys are safe plays. You're looking for like the boom bust, but with actual upside, I think it's in that next range. I, I, I like Hoagie a lot. He actually comes up 11th in my model in the whole field uh, in the last 50 rounds. So, yeah, I mean, Hoagie, Hoagie is there for me. Bazidenhood, of course, short game, really, really strong minuscule ownership probably because he hasn't been performing as well as, as many people have thought the last few times he's been out. Uh, so I like those two plays a lot. If we're going down just a little bit deeper, maybe a little Zach Johnson, maybe a little bit of old guy up in there. I had a really good, strong uh, finish this week uh, at the Valero uh, 6,300 could be 6,400 could be worth a fire. Danny Willis 6,300 could be worth a fire just because of a strong short game. And we know his success at, at Augusta, anybody else, um, Varner, the guy I'll take a little bit of a, a stand on. I, I just think in the general, like of ball striking and the par fours you talked about, all of that, he got his win in Saudi. That was a thing, but still had some other good results. But, you know, five of his last six haven't been horrible. Hey, that that field in Saudi was stacked too. Yeah. It was, it was, it was basically like a master's type field. It was uh, at least up top. And the up guy, the guy he stacked. beat. But the guy he beat, Bubba Watson, who came running down the tunnel, he's had pretty good success here. Not that they correlate at all because they don't, but just funny that that's the guy that he was up against to kind of take down at the end. And Bubba's got such a great history here, obviously. So, uh, you know, I, I like Farner, though. I think at 6,600, he's a fair play. I think Stewie Sink is the old guy I would lean on over Zach Johnson because Zach Johnson popped today. And so that could, you know, get people there. Uh, other than that, the only other guy I kind of like down here was uh, Mackenzie Hughes. 6,300 uh, Canadian Jordan speed, right? We talk about it all the time. I guess the last thing was we didn't, you know, we didn't talk enough about it and it'll come out. That's why we talked about all the shows that will be on throughout the week, but the weather looks like it actually could be in play here and be a factor. Like if it's a really tough week somehow, then I think like Bez and Kevin Nah and guys like that are and Harmons. Those are where they would come up more. I would want yeah. those guys more than these firepower upside dudes. So that's going to make some changes to it. But overall of the 91 guys, that we plugged it down to like 25 to 30 that we talked on specifically each. That's kind of where I'm at. And then I'll finagle it from there based on how we're going about the week. So with the weather. Yeah. All right. So let's get to our betting cards for this week. I know you only have two. I have seven. Okay. Uh, now, now here's the thing for the first five, I'm not going to place the bet until tomorrow. 
because I use DraftKings Sportsbook. They are our sponsors where you should be doing your bets too. Uh, so, so I, you know, they usually reset on, on Mondays and there's so many golfers under 20 to one that, I mean, if they keep it like that, it sort of sucks. And I think they're going to change some of these numbers uh, tomorrow. So I, I haven't bet these five yet, but these five are five that I will bet. I'm just waiting for the numbers to reset. We are recording this on Sunday. Uh, so uh, first it's going to be uh, Dustin Johnson, 16 to one. Brooks Kepka, 18 to one. Patrick Cantlay, 25 to one. Adam Scott, 50 to one. Terrell Hatton, 50 to one. So those are going to be my five bets. And then I have two long shots that I've already bet uh, because I don't think those numbers are going to get any better. Uh, so I got Webb Simpson, 100 to one. Luke List, 180 to one. So that's going to be my card, uh, my seven bets for this week. And, and hopefully the numbers on the first five improve tomorrow. Yeah, I'm looking at something similar. Like the thing is, I didn't bet anyone at the top of the board yet. And I'll just go through it because I don't have a card. Really, I'm going to go through a strategy side of things for me is that first off, I think, like you said, the board, the, the numbers could reset some, but other books will offer boosts and different factors. Of course, we talk about DraftKings, but like you said, look for your numbers out there. That's the whole point of betting on golf. Find good numbers, shop around. And for some, they got the good numbers because they bought in early. Some have Scheffler at 50 or 40. Some have Cam Smith at 50 or 40. That's great. I don't want those guys now at their numbers. The other thing of it is, is like, if I just bet, you know, JT Scheffler Brooks, it's like, that's all I should bet because if I'm putting, let's just use random numbers, a hundred dollars on each guy. Once you have a hundred bucks on seven guys and you're in for $700, the Brooks 18 to one is not really paying you out anything because you had to, you lose all the other bets. So it's kind of a challenge I have there. The only two bets I have right now, Kenny are from, you know, earlier in the season was Homa. I took him at 125 to one when you and I did the season preview show in hopes that things like the Genesis and those events that he'd be playing, he would crush and the number would drop. I actually still have the same number. So uh, he's dropped in some places, but my book still has the 125 very commonly used book that people can get the number. So it's just, there's that there. Bubba, 75 at my book down at other places. I got him at a hundred during that sort of Saudi run where I thought he could win that. And then he had a couple other good events after. So those are the only two I have. Things I'm eyeing. I want to see Cantlay. Neiman, Burns, Lowry, and Hatton. Those are some of the guys I'm looking at. If I can get like a 40, 50 range, maybe more, I'll be interested. And then I'm going to see what I'll do at the top with boosts. And once the numbers reset a little bit, the other two things I'm looking at lastly, first round leaders. I don't have numbers in front of me yet, but the ones I definitely am I'm taking uh, Fleetwood and Thomas Peters. Those are two that I have interest with, especially if you can get a nice each way from some of these promos people have on for the Masters, get them a top five spots or something. So uh, Fleetwood and Peters, first round leader. Other than that, I don't have anything else. All right. um, Now, I actually just went ahead and bet Hatton and Adam Scott at 50 to 1 because I don't think their numbers are going to improve either. Uh, So I have the other three bets. It's going to be, and and, and it's really hard leaving JT off uh, my betting card. Um, so I think he's actually going to be my highest owned, uh, in DraftKings. So a little bit of a hedge there. And also if the, if the numbers reset and DJ and JT are the same, uh, because I'm getting at two more points, it's, it's hard for me to, to go between them. So it was basically a toss up. So I went with the guy with a slightly better odds. I think, uh, DJ 16 to one JT's 14 to one on the reset if it gets if they get tied together, I might just go ahead and switch to JT uh, on that. We'll see how that goes uh, if they do reset the pricing. 
uh, reset the odds for tomorrow on DraftKings. All right, one and done. I'm probably going JT. Yeah, I've got, uh, I do have these three. I checked at this time to decide between Rory, Spieth, and DJ. Don't like what I saw out of Rory. Could do like a Spieth hedge just because he does always show up here and somehow find the magic, even though the funny thing is it will be said all week. It was my boy, Big T said this best. And I laughed today in discord. He said, everyone's going to see that round from Jordan today and say, if Jordan just finds a putter and this is where he puts well at Augusta. So of course he's going to find it. And he said, if I had a 14 inch cock, I'd be Ron Jeremy. And I, I love that line. That's so true because it, you, you do still have to have it or you have to find it. And everyone just thinks Spieth will magically find it, but it, he seemingly somehow does. And it's extremely tilting every year, no matter what form he's in. But I kind of like DJ. Uh, one thing I didn't talk about on DJ earlier, just to round out the pod, is just the, the consolation match was just a gimme. It was a gift to Corey Connors. He played very well before that. He had the um, course tying record at the players round four. Like the guy just is finding the form for the right time. He's now get the win, win the majors, go on the yachts, DJ, family man, show up a few events a year and do his thing. Like that's why... Uh, you know, DJ is a guy to have in consideration at any major. He just, he doesn't have to show up to all these other things. And he most definitely does not give a shit about a third place matchup at a WGC for $167,000. He does not care. No, he does not. <laughs> all right. So, so that's going to be it for this week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kendo VT. You can find my article on gupscorner.com. It should already be up. Uh, I'll have my final article on Wednesday over on gupscorner.com with my final betting card, cash game cornerstones. If there's any changes, there probably won't be. Uh, and my single favorite GPP play in each price range, use promo code Kenny, save yourself 30 bucks. Uh, you can also, like I said, you can also find me on the other things we talked about uh, earlier in the show, Tambo. Yeah, all the things we talked about earlier. Of course, follow me on Twitter at ToeTag and Tambo. Got the thread coming out every week. Tambo's tidbits. You guys can see it's got all. It had a bunch of the dudes in it this week that were up there. Spawn, uh, some of the others I can't even think about, but I basically saw the winning lineup. Had five of six of the guys that were in the 15 in the pool. So check that out every week. It's free. I'm going to be giving away. I'll announce it tomorrow. Seven $100 Millie Maker tickets based on the 700 retweets of the thread. The five winners were posted last week. The last two for Valero this week has got like 230 or something. So I'll get those out there to you. And then lastly, run pure sports. We talked about all the shows already, but run pure sports promo code DGEN 50 D E G E N five zero. Absolutely. Got to get over there. Every sport for one price. It's not 600 bucks to add on. It's not anything extra that you have to do. It's all sports. One price DGEN 50 sign up now, get in the discord. All right. A tradition. Unlike any other huge fucking week. Let's go. Let's win some motherfucking money. DJ nation and be careful of butterfish. I've been getting dirty money. Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc. Trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.